Good morning, everybody. Happy Friday to you. I'm so excited. Today is the day, you all. We're going verse by verse through the book of Job, and we get to chapter 38 where God speaks. Job's been saying, where is God? Why doesn't he talk to me? I want to talk to God. And so God's going to show up, and now Job gets what he asked for. Uh, he gets more than he asked for, and it's amazing. My name is Tim Harris. It's 10 o'clock. Did I say that? And it's time for Tim with Tim. We do this every day, Monday through Friday, and today is the end of a really good week in the Word. And uh, man, I tell you, I, I, I hate... I hate to start today because I hate for it to finish. I just love so much these chapters. I just really do. Part of it's because I love creation, and I love God's own celebration of creation, and that's what you have here. I mean, it's just God. You just can understand God's own delight in what he has made and the complexity of what he has made, and I love it so much. So, so let's jump in. So Job's been saying, I just want to talk to God. Remember that Job's big question is, is the, the, the persistent human question of innocent suffering. You know, we know that there's suffering and we know that, that many, many times we get what's coming to us. We were asking for it. We deserve it. But Job finds himself in a situation where his suffering is just, there's this overplus, this abundance, this overabundance of pain that can't be explained by, by you know, some sort of extraordinary sin. I mean, Job doesn't claim to be perfect, but he's just saying, I need God to tell me what I did to deserve all this. So that's the question, just the, 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 the justice of God in the face of innocent human suffering. And we still ask that question, you all. Um, but anyway, uh, Job has been just you know fed up with his friends, just wanting to hear from God. And so in chapter 38, God speaks. And what we get in these chapters 38, 39, 40, 41, I believe, um, you get these two different speeches of God, and then you get this brief muffled answer from Job in between each one. So it's just kind of, again, I think it's kind of funny. Uh, but let's just go. Uh, so chapter 38, God speaks from out of the whirlwind, out of the storm. And this is what he says, who is this? Who is this? that questions my wisdom with such ignorant words. Now, I, I, I want to I dig a little deeper into the question God asked because it's important. The, the words are important. Who is this? First off, just, you know, spoiler alert, God's going to basically for two speeches and four chapters continue to just flatten Job with these, these questions. And, and it's really three types of questions. Who are you? Um, uh, were you there? And are you able? I mean, just pay attention over and over and over. Who are you? Were you there? And are you able? They are in some sense rhetorical questions in the sense that they're impossible to answer or at least the implied answer is always, I am nothing, I wasn't there, and I am not able. You know, are you following me? And so just, it's, it's, it's a really interesting, uh, ironic way that God answers Job I keep saying that he flattens Job, but indeed he doesn't. It's exactly what he doesn't do. If God were coming in, you know, on the side of the friends, then Job would be condemned and humiliated, but that's not what God does. In this one place where he says, brace yourself like a man, that's not God flattening Job. That is the creator, you know, who created man in his own image and breathed his own breath, his own spirit, his own life into him. It's God, you know, asking Job to stand up and be the man you were created to be. 
in these four chapters, God talks about creation, about creativity, divine creativity and, and, and creatureliness. He talks about all of these wild animals, all of the wild beasts. Never talks about you know, the human creature. And some people take that to say, well, that's God's way of saying humans are so insignificant that they don't even rank, you know, that God would rather talk about ostriches, you know, than human beings because they're so insignificant. And I insist that is not what this speech does. That is not what God is doing here. Indeed, the human creature isn't you know, described as a creature because it's the human creature that is addressed in the discourse. Does that make sense? Uh, God's talking to the human creature. You know, that's what sets us apart. You know, God tells Job, stand up. Again, Job is created in, in God's own image. And so God is able to converse. God is able to, to, to you know, uh, connect and, and speak to, you know, the, the human creature in a way impossible with any other creature that God has made. So this very speech, which as I, I keep saying, he flattens Job. Again, he doesn't flatten Job. It's exactly what he doesn't do. He elevates Job. Now, he doesn't condemn him, doesn't judge him. At the same time, he doesn't vindicate or even, you know, God doesn't respond at all to the questions Job is asking. God doesn't explain his justice and God doesn't answer Job's personal questions about his own, you know, sin or guilt or, 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 or suffering. God doesn't deal with any of those questions. Now, why not? Well, you could say he does, you could say he doesn't. Um, I feel like it's like like when my son, who is a grown man now, but when my son was little, like I don't know the first time you know he ever asked me where the babies come from is probably when he was two or three, you know. And at that point, I thought I could answer that question, but you you can't possibly understand, you know. You're asking a question that is beyond what you're capable of absorbing. I'm not saying you're dumb. I'm just saying. You can't handle the dream. You can't. I can't answer that question, but it's, you know, who are you? Were you there? And are you able? You know, and the question is, no, no, you're not. And, and so I, this is part of what God does here. And, and the uh, ironic, um, you know, answering of Job with all of these basically unanswerable questions, he manages to convey and reassure Job of God's complete goodness without ever broaching those questions. We'll keep talking about it, but I think it's amazing. So, so let's jump in. Brace yourself like a man. Who is this? Uh, let's go back to that question. Who is this? Uh, verse 2, chapter 38, the very first words of God. Who is this? The Hebrew there says, who is this that darkens my counsel or who, who darkens my wisdom? Who is it that darkens my design? This is a question that God asked. And it goes directly back to Job's own words. And gosh, I don't remember. Was it chapter 12? If I go back, I'll waste her time. I think it's like chapter 12, chapter 12, maybe verse 22, where Job says something to the effect of, you know, God uh, plunges light into gloom or plunges light into darkness. It's it's, um, it's, it's one of Job's probably most serious accusations against God because it gets to God's, the very essence and nature of God's own character, that God, who is a God of light, in him is light, and in him there is no darkness at all. That's what the Word says. But Job has darkened, you know, the light of God's wisdom and design, and, and this is perhaps 
that which God has taken offense. You know, you don't, <clears throat> you don't call light darkness when you're talking about God. You know, in him, there's no darkness at all. So who is it that darkens, that, that, you know, that dares to darken my design? You know, so from there, God begins to um, just give Job these questions, question after question after question. Like I say, they're all sort of the same question. Who are you? Were you there? And are you able? Um, <clears throat> where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? Tell me if you know so much. Who determined its dimensions? Uh, just, just question after question after question. Uh, chapter 38, I, I think it follows in some ways the basic order of Genesis chapter 1, light and darkness, uh, the uh, separation of water from land, you know, let, let there be light, you know, all of that, let there be dry land. Um, have you ever commanded the morning to appear? I mean, gosh, I just love all of this so much. Tell me about it if you know. Do you realize the extent of the earth? Have you ever explored the ocean's depths? Oh, I just love it so much. Have you visited the storehouses of the snow? I love that. It's so beautiful. Uh, or have you ever seen the storehouses of hail? Uh, oh, I loved it. Who created a channel for the torrents of rain? Does the rain have a father? Who gives birth to the dew? I just love it. Can you direct the movement of the stars? Oh, wow, God is so great. God is so amazing. And, and I mean, God just comes out. Remember, in, was it Exodus chapter 33? Is Exodus chapter 33? Um, where Moses, it, it's the, it's the, I think it's the place where Moses is, show me your glory. And I think that's a place where Moses says, um, let me, uh, let me know your ways that I may know you. Something like that. Exodus chapter 33, uh, 13, I believe. Let me know your ways I may know you. So this is what God is doing in, in, in these discourses now. Uh, just showing Job, reminding Job of his ways. You know, uh, can you do this? Were you there when I did this? You know, and it's just, let me know your ways that I may know you. God is going to reveal his, his utter goodness and sovereignty and power just by, uh, you know, just revealing his ways to Job. And, and, and it's amazing. Chapter 39, uh, God begins to speak about uh, wild animals. Uh, again, the only tame animal he talks about here is the horse, and it's a war horse, and that's sort of different. But it's interesting that, again, in some ways, God is addressing Job as, as Adam, as the human creature. And so it's interesting that God talks about everything in creation that has to do with all the animals that we haven't tamed, the ones that we don't know anything about. And, and I just love that. I, I think it's interesting, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think verses 13 to 18 in chapter 39 is the longest stretch where God doesn't ask any questions. And it's almost like God himself like gets so tickled about the ostrich because she's just so weird and wonderful that there for a moment, he's just talking about her, you know, the, the ostrich. <laughs> and and God forgets to ask Job any questions because it's like, man, she lays her eggs on top of the earth, you know, and then she's the worst mother in the world. You know, she, she doesn't care anything about her babies. I mean, it's just so good. It's just so good. Again, just God's own delight in in his in, in his own creativity and and in the marvel of everything that he has made uh i i i, I love it uh so again we'll pick up right here in chapter 40 on monday morning uh, i just want to keep talking i love it so much i just love it uh job will answer briefly 
you know, I mean, the Lord says to Job, do you still want to argue? And Job says, no, no, actually I don't. But then God lays into him one more time. We'll talk a little bit more on Monday about uh, how the, I think how we should interpret and how these divine discourses fit into the book of Job and actually answer his questions and our questions about sufferings. We'll pick up there on Monday. Listen, if you don't have a church home, Woodburn Baptist Church, we'd love to have you uh, in person in worship on Sunday, 8, 9, 30, 11. I'm preaching through the book of Nehemiah verse by verse. I'll be in, is it chapter four on Sunday? Uh, so join us either online or please in person. Uh, if not, I will see you Monday morning, 10 o'clock for 10 with Tim. I love you guys so much. Chapters 40 and 41 for Monday, okay? Job chapters 40 and 41. I can't wait. I'll see you then.